great. You've been loading up on things from Walmart? Yeah, I used my new Capital One Walmart Rewards card. It earns unlimited 5% back on everything I buy from Walmart online. Say what? 5% back. Say what? 5% back. Say what now? 5% back. With what? The Capital One Walmart Rewards card. Earn unlimited rewards, including 5% back at Walmart online on top of Walmart's everyday low prices. What's in your wallet? Terms and exclusions apply. Capital One N.A. You are listening to the Already Gone podcast, sharing stories of the missing, the lost, the mysterious, and the murdered. Detroit, Michigan is known for being the home of the automotive industry in the United States. General Motors, Chrysler, and Ford all began here in the early part of the 20th century. It's not just about cars. During World War II, the city churned out machines to support the war effort in Europe and the Pacific. Thousands of planes, tanks, and vehicles were built here. Even Joseph Stalin marveled at the tenacity and hard work of Detroiters during World War II. He said, Detroit is winning the war. There's a strength to our city, even when she's down, and she's been down a while. Jobs are hard to come by. The massive city at 139 square miles would hold the entirety of Boston, Manhattan, and San Francisco within its borders. If you're curious just what that looks like, there's a link in our webpage so you can explore further. I believe that Tamala Wells is somewhere in our city. Her mother, Donna Davis, is looking for her daughter, her child. I spoke with Donna, and this is her story. It started four years ago with a phone call. Donna Davis, a mother of six children, is used to getting phone calls at odd hours. Sometimes her kids, even though they're all grown, they need their mama. The call she received so early in the morning on August 7th, 2012, that wasn't one she was expecting. No one expects a call like that. Donna was sound asleep when the phone rang. 6 a.m. on Tuesday morning. On the phone was her granddaughter. Mommy didn't come home. Donna sat up, wiped the sleep from her eyes, and felt her heart beat harder in her chest. What? My mommy didn't come home last night. Tamala Wells, who went by Nikki, was 33 years old, the oldest of Donna's children. Nikki had two children of her own, a son in high school and a young daughter with her boyfriend, Ricky Tennant. She worked as a nurse and helped out people in her neighborhood. Nikki was a good person, a kind person, and a favorite among her nieces and nephews. Nikki was the life of the party, not in the -the over-the-top, let's-all-get-crazy way, but in the I'm-happy-to-see-you-and-I-make-you-feel-special sort of way. Her mother describes Nikki as a motivator and a peacemaker, someone who avoided trouble and always had a kind word for others. Nikki wasn't perfect, but she was loved by her children, her family, and her friends. According to Nikki's partner, Ricky Tennant, on Monday, August 6th, 2012, around 9 p.m., Nikki headed out to visit with some of her friends from the old neighborhood. This wasn't unusual. Nikki enjoyed time with her friends. What was unusual is that Nikki didn't make it home. Nikki never returned to their home on Detroit's west side. 
She'd left in her white Pontiac Grand Prix, distinctive for the bumper that had been replaced. The bumper was black, and this made her mostly white car stand out. Where was Nikki? Why was her young child on the phone with her grandmother to report her missing? Whose phone was she calling from? And how did she get the number? Why hadn't Tennant called, or one of Nikki's friends? Donna called Nikki's cell phone on Tuesday. It rang and rang, eventually going to voicemail. Nikki didn't call back. By Wednesday, calls went directly to voicemail. This told Donna Davis that the battery had run down. The phone was no longer powered. Nikki always kept her phone charged and carried a charger with her. Donna's worries grew. Before the week turned to weekend, the Grand Prix was located, but Nikki was nowhere to be found. The car was ten miles west of Nikki's home. One of Tennant's friends spotted it, and rather than report to Detroit police that the missing vehicle was located, Tennant got a ride to the vehicle and drove it home. No evidence was collected from the car before Tennant accessed it. News stories report that some of Nikki's clothing was in the car. I asked Donna specifically what this meant, wondering if it was an overnight bag or if Nikki was like me with a small assortment of hoodies, sweaters, sandals, and whatnot gathering in the back seat of the car each summer. Donna couldn't answer the question. There was no log of what was in the car, not one that she'd seen, and Tennant wasn't talking. He wasn't talking to her, and after failed polygraphs, he wasn't talking to the Detroit police either. I know. I've brought up polygraphs before. They're not always reliable. There are things that can influence their effectiveness, but to fail more than one, when it's your partner who's missing, a partner you just had a physical altercation with, a fight so bad that the cops were called, this doesn't look good. On August 13th, Donna Davis arrived in Detroit from her home in Florida. Detroit was where she'd raised her kids. Donna had relocated to Florida a few years earlier. When she arrived at the house her daughter shared with Ricky Tennant, Donna found a mess. The house was disheveled like someone had searched it. Light bulbs were burned out or removed, leaving the house dark and gloomy. She was delighted to see her grandchild, but Tennant made a point of sticking close to his daughter during Donna's visit. Determined to find Nikki, Donna started making calls, reaching out to Nikki's friends, women that Donna had known since Nikki was a child. No, Mama Donna. They said, we haven't seen Nikki. Donna reached out to the Detroit police, but they couldn't help her either. Donna had spoken to Nikki the night she disappeared. Nikki hadn't sounded right, but Donna couldn't say for certain what the problem was. Nikki reassured her mother that she's okay and they would talk later. But that talk never happened. On Friday, August 4th, just days before Nikki vanished, Wells and Tennant had a fight, a big, nasty argument. At 4.30 a.m., Friday morning, police arrived to the home. Tennant had fled. Nikki and her daughter were alone. On Saturday, Tennant returned, as he always did after these blow-ups. Was there another fight on Monday, after Nikki's conversation with her mother? In April of 2012... Just a couple of months before she vanished, Nikki spent almost a month in Florida. She'd expressed her frustration with Tennant, with Detroit, with the way her life was going. Donna encouraged her to relocate. 
she offered Nikki both emotional and financial assistance to do so. The mother and daughter made plans. Nikki talked of opening her own business, using her nursing skills to provide help to seniors who wanted to remain at home and independent, but needed assistance with errands or appointments. The summer of 2012, Nikki's future looked bright. Her son was preparing to start his senior year of high school, and she was excited about the milestones that waited for him. Homecoming, prom, graduation. Did Nikki reveal her plans to tenant? that she intended to move to Florida to take their daughter out of the city and raise her in the warmth and sunshine on the Gulf of Mexico. Donna was already planning to come to Detroit at the end of August to pack Nikki up and help her move. Nikki's disappearance left her scrambling to get back to Detroit as soon as she could to find her girl. As a week-long absence turned to a month, Nikki's friends told Donna, It was worse than you knew. Tennant and Wells were fighting regularly and sometimes those arguments became physical. Wells would head to a friend's house to stay for a day or two, letting Tennant cool off. Tennant would call her friends looking for her, and when he located her, he'd show up, remorseful, making promises of being better, that he loved her and she should come home. On Tuesday, August 7th and Wednesday, August 8th, Tennant didn't make any calls to Nikki's friends. He didn't show up looking for her like he had in the past. Frantic with worry about her daughter, Donna went to the police. Was her daughter's house searched by a forensic team? Was her car examined? To recap, we have a woman with children and a family that she's close to. Nikki is living with her partner, Ricky Tennant, the father of her young daughter. Tennant gets into a loud, violent fight with Nikki in the early morning hours of August 4th. Detroit police respond to the scene, but Tennant has fled. On the evening of August 6th, Nikki speaks briefly to her mother, who can tell that Nikki is upset, and she asks Nikki to call her later in the evening. At 6 a.m. on Tuesday, August 7th, Nikki's young daughter places a call to Donna Davis in Florida to report that Nikki didn't come home. Very late the night of August 7th, Nikki is reported missing to Detroit police. Later in the week, several miles from their home, Nikki's car is spotted by a friend of Tennant's. Rather than let the police check the car for clues, he picks the car up himself and brings it home. But that's not the whole story, though, is it? In December of 2015, Ricky Tennant was interviewed in a Huffington Post story about the disappearance of Tamala Nikki Wells. Tennant talks candidly about his nine-year-old daughter and her missing mother, She gives me a headache. Nikki used to give me a headache, but I dealt with it. One headache is better than two headaches. The article goes on to detail Nikki's disappearance and the conflicts between Nikki's mother, Donna Davis, and Ricky Tennant. Ricky boasts of having all of Nikki's things still, and he won't be giving any of it to Donna. All of Nikki's stuff is staying right where it is. I included a link to the Huffington Post story on our website, www.alreadygonepodcast.com. Donna does not give up easily, and Donna has not given up on Nikki. She told me, I have been to the morgue and to the river. I have crept through abandoned houses and knocked on doors, 
places where I wasn't safe, that I should not have gone to. I went for Nikki. If she's not alive, show me where she is. An anonymous call could bring us peace. At the time of her disappearance in 2012, Tamala Nikki Wells was five foot, five inches tall, approximately 150 pounds. She is an African-American female with braided hair, double pierced ears, and a scar beneath her chin. If you have information about her disappearance, please contact Crime Stoppers of Michigan at 1-800-773-2587. Donna Davis is still looking for Nikki Wells. She is asking for your help in locating her daughter. Please visit our website for links to stories about Nikki, links to her missing posters, You can also find more information on Facebook. Please share with your friends and family who live in or around Metro Detroit. Thank you for listening to this bonus episode of the Already Gone podcast. You can find us on Facebook, on Twitter at AlreadyGonePod, or send me an email, host at AlreadyGonePodcast.com. I thank you for listening. Be safe. up on things from Walmart? Yeah, I used my new Capital One Walmart Rewards card. It earns unlimited 5% back on everything I buy from Walmart online. Say what? 5% back. Say what? 5% back. Say what now? 5% 5 back. With what? The Capital One Walmart Rewards card. Earn unlimited rewards, including 5% back at Walmart online on top of Walmart's everyday low prices. What's in your wallet? Terms and exclusions apply. Capital One N.A.